Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Good morning, Birdland. I'm Mark Brown. I've been blogging about the Orioles for more than a decade on CamdenChat.com and waiting for them to win the World Series for my whole life. Thanks for listening today. Let's talk some Orioles. It's April the 28th, 2023. The Orioles are now 17-8 and after a 7-4 win over the Detroit Tigers on Thursday night. In the process, the Orioles set a franchise record for wins picked up before the calendar turned over to May, which of course is partly because the seasons now begin in March, which they didn't used to. But you know what? 17-8 and is still a pretty darn good start to a season. The Orioles do unfortunately remain three and a half games back of the Tampa Bay Rays, For the division in the AL East, the Rays are almost unbeatable so far, but the Orioles do still have the third best record in all of baseball. So, you know, that's not too bad. And through 25 games last year, by the way, the Orioles had a 9-16 and record. So an improvement of eight games is pretty darn good. As far as Thursday's game, the most exciting thing about it was it was Joey Ortiz's MLB debut, the infield prospect, who we've already talked about in the Prospect of the Day segment on this podcast. Ortiz surprisingly called up. The team just announced it abruptly on Thursday morning. There was no uh, pre-leak to the media or anything like that. Ortiz making his debut on a road trip. I really don't know what the Orioles' objection is to having some of their prospects get their first games in at home. It seems like it's kind of tactical that the Orioles are thinking, okay, they're going to have Ortiz up and play in maybe at least the the first three games because these first three games against the Detroit Tigers are all going to feature left-handed starting pitchers. Ortiz is a right-handed batter. The guy he replaced on the roster, Taron Vavra, who was optioned back to Norfolk, is a lefty. 
So anyway, Ortiz, he got his first major league hit, drove in two runs with a chopper that went over the first baseman's head. Later, he got a sacrifice fly for an RBI, so he drove in three of the seven Orioles' runs. Pretty good. There were some other good things in the game. For instance, Cedric Mullins hitting a game-tying triple, and Anthony Santander breaking his home run drought with a two-run home run. The Orioles after winning that game, are now 9-0 and in series openers in the 2023 season, which, you know, that's also pretty good. But it's good that the Orioles were able to score seven runs and really beat up the Detroit Tigers bullpen because, not to be a downer, but honestly, there was a whole lot of freaking stupid stuff that happened in that game, and the Orioles are just lucky that they were playing the Tigers, I think, and were able to pull off the comeback because... Uh, They're going to have to tighten some of this stuff up or have some better luck on some of this stuff when they start playing better teams because it was really bad. Just in the first inning of the game, there was a botch, possible double play. It maybe would have just been kind of a, a ground out that didn't get the two outs, but there was a ground ball to third base and there was already a man on first base. Ramon Urias, instead of moving in towards the ball, kind of waited for it to chop back to him. He was late getting his throw to second base. Uh, so that there was no out recorded there. And then since the throw had gone to second, there was no time for the relay to make it to first, even with Miguel Cabrera running, because Ryan Mountcastle at first base was not able to catch the relay throw. Okay, then somehow the rookie, the first game guy, the debut guy, Joey Ortiz, convinced the lead runner somehow that the umpire had actually called him out. So that guy was trotting off the field, the Ryan Mountcastle did not have the presence of what was going on to make a good throw and get a rundown going, which, I mean, there were so many ways that could have been a gift, and the Orioles did not even get one out. A run did later score. That lead runner came in and scored in the first inning. So it's just really dumb, and the or- there's just so many things like this where the Orioles need to get, get things going better. Ryan Mountcastle, his bad luck continued. That isn't really dumb so much as just absurdly bad luck continuing. He almost had a go-ahead home run in the sixth inning over the fence, was robbed by Tigers outfielder Kerry Carpenter, who in the process suffered an injury and had to come out of the game. So get well soon, Kerry Carpenter. But also, geez, that was a really annoying home run robbery. Fortunately, it did not ultimately prove to be the difference in the game because otherwise that would have really caused heartburn. Was this the end of the dumb stuff that happened in the game? No, unfortunately not. CNL Perez came into the game later on. He walked two batters and hit a third guy while getting only one out. Perez has now allowed 27 base runners, counting hits and walks and the one hit by pitch from Thursday night in just 10 innings. That's that's really bad. I don't know what's going to happen with Perez uh, because he's out of options. So if the Orioles are going to decide, okay, they need to move on from him, well, you know, they're they're going to have to designate him for assignment unless there's some kind of injury they can come along with for Perez while they try and get him straightened up. But after Perez loaded the bases, Brian Baker came in. He walked in a run, although he did go on to not have any runs charged to his own ledger. And in the ninth inning, after coming in to protect the three-run lead, Felix Bautista made it as agonizing as possible by walking the bases loaded. So... The go-ahead run was actually at the plate. He did end up striking out all three out or getting a strikeout for all three outs that he picked up, which is good because, 
you know, that, that would have really been an awful game to lose. It would have turned into, in the last episode, I was talking about the Orioles winning some of those games. Well, you know, this game was also kind of one of those wins, I guess, but it also was very, very close to being one of those losses. And that would have just been not quite on the exact level of Ryan McKenna dropping the pop-up in the second game of the year and then having a walk-off home run. But if the Orioles, after coming back to take a 7-4 lead, had managed to lose that one, that would have been a real gut punch. Fortunately, that did not happen, and they were able to win the game. It's in the win column. Nobody can take it away from them. So having 17 wins banked already through 25 games is pretty darn good. And... I guess we'll see where things can go from here. Friday's game, it's going to be a rematch of the Rodriguez versus Rodriguez starting pitching starting pitching matchup that we saw just back at Camden Yards a few days ago. It's still weird the Orioles are playing the Tigers again so soon, but hopefully they can uh, bone up against this team that just has so many things going wrong. And... Unfortunately, I guess for former Oriole Jonathan Scope, he's a big part of that. Struck out on a pitch outside of the strike zone to get one of those outs for Bautista in the ninth inning. But they've, the Orioles have got three more games against these Tigers. I really hope they can manage to win two of them. I think that probably the toughest one is going to be facing Eduardo Rodriguez here later on today on Friday. But I guess we'll see what they can do. The uh, the Orioles have managed to find some ways to win games that I thought they had no way to win so far this year. So they're going to have to keep doing it. The Tigers and then the Royals await after that. And as as I've been saying and will say again, after that, things are going to get tougher. So guess what? Another podcast episode. We've got another contract elsewhere to talk about, except in this case, it's the Orioles' neighbors on the other side of lots B and C in the Camden Yards Sports Complex the Baltimore Ravens finally got a contract done with quarterback Lamar Jackson, who is now getting a $185 million guarantee from the Ravens. That is now the biggest contract in Baltimore sports history, passing what had been the, the previous record holder, Chris Davis, $161 million from the Orioles. Well, Let's just hope that Lamar Jackson deal turns out quite a bit better than the Davis one did. But the relevance for the 2023 Orioles is, once again, contracts are being handed out everywhere, and the Orioles, for whatever reason, haven't done it yet. Of course, so far this season, they're making it work with their bottom five in MLB payroll, but I think to sustain success over many seasons, they're going to have to open up somebody's wallet eventually, whether that's John Angelos or somebody that John Angelo sells the team to. I don't know, but you can't keep winning. I, I don't think the Orioles are going to be able to keep winning with a bottom five payroll over and over and over again. So I guess we'll see, you know, uh, if how, how they respond this coming off season once they record whatever gets in the book for the 2023 Orioles. And of course, we'll see. Maybe, maybe they'll actually do what I'm asking and sign somebody to some kind of contract extension but maybe they'll wait for the prospects. I don't know. Ortiz is here. He maybe is not going to be here for terribly long if they're really only having him up for this stretch of uh, left-handed starting pitchers. It was nice to see him get to make his debut. He played second base, not his natural position. Looked pretty slick making a double play uh, at one point. And, you know, the, the Orioles have incumbents at a lot of these positions already, so I guess I don't know when we'll see the prospects, who's going to get traded, whatever. But 
I just I want to see a sign that they're investing in the future beyond just that they've got all these prospects. I guess we'll see when it happens. For now, we've got what we've got, a 17-8 and Orioles team. That's not bad at all. I will be right back after a brief message from a Fans First Sports Network sponsor. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, so let's dig into the mailbag once again. I've got an email today from listener Eric in Virginia. Eric was asking me about the John Means Tommy John surgery recovery. He wants to know what do I think the most likely outcome will be as far as when Means is back and how he will look when he returns. So being the natural pessimistic guy that I am, I don't really expect to see the quote unquote old Means right away. I just, I feel like that's too much to ask for. I, I think maybe a reasonable thing to hope for with Means will be something like he returns maybe after the All-Star break. I, we, we are going to have plenty of warning as to when Means is going to be back with the team. I think since he's coming off of Tommy John surgery, we will probably see something close to the full 30 days of rehab that a pitcher is allowed to get with minor league affiliates. So that would theoretically give Means time to make five or maybe even six starts in the minors, build up his pitch count back to what he might have been able to do over a normal big league spring training, and then hopefully be unleashed in the Orioles rotation. I think that maybe he'll be able to do something like a 4.25 ERA, which over the last couple of years with the dejuiced baseballs, that was actually not as good. But so far in 2023, which has reinflated offensive numbers, 
a 4.25 ERA would be pretty close to average. So I think that we could happily take that from John Means. And I think that that would surely be better than somebody who's right now in the starting rotation. And uh, that Means can just come in and replace whoever that is. It's um, at least based on the samples we've seen so far, we have yet to see Dean Kramer pitch well against a team that has a good offense and Kyle Bradish also after his recent outing against the Red Sox, maybe not super confident in him, but those guys both are going to have a couple more months to uh, show that they're better than that. Or I guess if they don't show that they're better than that, they will probably be replaced in the rotation long before John Means is back from Tommy John's surgery. So that's my hope for Means. I, I, I think he's a great, um, He's a great story. Just the fact that he was able to come out of nowhere. He was never any kind of top prospect, anything. And he just kind of managed to improve himself and uh, become a useful, a good Orioles pitcher through some dark years. So that's the other thing about Means. It would be nice to see him pitch well on a good Orioles team. He only got to get into two starts last season before needing the Tommy John surgery. And then the Orioles went on to good things overcoming the absence of means to do that. So, you know, I, I hope he can be a, a second half addition to help take this team to another level than whatever they have already gotten up to that point, which hopefully is going to keep being good things. But I guess we'll see. That's, that's, that's two and a half months away from now. A lot can happen in that time. So we've already talked about one prospect today since Joey Ortiz made his debut, but I'm going to keep moving on down the Camden Chat composite top 20 prospects list. If you want to spoil it for yourself, you can find it on camdenchat.com. Today we're moving on to number nine, which is Connor Norby, another one of the infielders in the Orioles prospect mix in the composite list of five publications prospect lists. Norby finished as high as number seven, as low as number 10. So that ended up bringing him in at number nine on the list. Norby came to the Orioles in the 2021 draft. He was picked in the second round. According to rumor, the Orioles were intending to pick Judd Fabian with that exact draft pick. However, the Red Sox drafted him one pick right before the Orioles were going to take him. So the Orioles had to find someone else. They picked Norby out of East Carolina University. He was, at the time of the draft, rated on at least one um, publication pretty high, the Fangraphs Draft Prospect Ranking, which I mentioned this this uh, site a lot on this podcast. I like their rankings because they're free and public, and they're pretty thorough as well. So Fangraphs, on the 2021 draft class, had Norby as the number 25 prospect in the class, which is pretty good value to get at number 41 in the draft, which was the slot where the Orioles ended up picking Norby. And as we know, they got Fabian one year later anyway, so they did still get their guy. And we will have some more to say about Fabian in a later episode. But as for Norby, um, that report, the short report on Norby that Fangraphs had on him that made them rank him at number 25 before that draft, they said, quote, he's not a big tools player, but he has a pro-level approach a feel to hit, and sneaky pop enough to be dangerous. Scouts dream on him as an average but fundamentally sound defender at second base who can hit 280 with double-digit home runs and stolen bases and a good walk rate, end quote. And I think that we saw that exact version of Norby in the 2022 season when he broke out as a prospect 
and he hit 29 home runs over 122 minor league games across three different levels, topping out at the AAA Norfolk, where he hit four home runs in the final nine games of the season for Norfolk. His combined batting line for the season was 279 average with a 365 on base percentage, 526 slugging percentage, and he stole 16 bases. So that's basically right about in line with that Fangraphs, um, the scouts dreaming on him prospect. Now, of course, that was a combined batting line across high A, double A, and triple A, which, as I am always saying on this show, the, the major league level, it's the hardest level. You can't just say, okay, Norby did this last year across three levels, so he's now going to be able to do it at the MLB level. But that was a nice flash of his potential. I think that's probably the best version of Norby that could theoretically someday exist at the major league level. And it's now going to be up to the Orioles development staff and Norby, I guess, to get that kind of performance out of them if he can. He still has his believers in the prospect writing world. The uh, athletics Keith Law rated Ortiz, excuse me, rated Norby as number eight in the Orioles farm system and said of him, quote, he can hit, he plays hard, and he seems like he'd knock over his own grandmother to take an extra base, end quote. And Law said also that he believes strongly that Norby will succeed even if he doesn't see a very high ceiling for Norby. So, you know, good luck to Connor Norby. Um, through the 2023 season, not showing the same level of performance that he did over the full season of last year, he's only got a 265 average, 319 on base percentage, and 361 slugging percentage. He's only picked up four extra base hits through 20 games. That's two doubles and two home runs. So that's that's not going to do it. Um of course, there's time for him to turn it around. We don't want to bury him as a prospect forever. The Orioles have messed around a little bit with trying to get him some left field versatility, but he's literally only played two games there. Mostly, he's been playing his natural position at second base. I guess if he can squeeze a little bit of added versatility to make him a corner outfielder, we do know right now the Orioles love sticking some of these infield guys in the outfield, sometimes by choice, sometimes more due to... Um, short-term injuries forcing their hand, like, for instance, Thursday's game where Austin Hayes is still day-to-day after the uh, the foul ball that he took off of his hand while trying to make a bunt. So maybe that'll help Nortiz, or, or, Norby get into the mix. But c- currently, my prediction on his future role, I just think that he's either going to be trade bait or maybe he's going to be one of the prospects who turns out to not really be good enough. I'm sorry to say that, The fact is, I've been too optimistic about every projection I've made so far. I feel like I need to balance that out a little bit. And Norby's the one where I'm going to say, you know what, this guy is not having overwhelming success right now. So just as far as my guess, I'm going to say, okay, he's not going to be able to make it. But it doesn't mean I don't believe in him or I don't want him to succeed. I really want every one of these prospects that I've talked about so far, and we'll go on to talk about to be good enough that the Orioles have to figure out a way to either get them onto the big league roster eventually or trade them for players who are um, a more immediate help at spots where the Orioles need guys. And, you know, maybe depending on how things shake out with the starting rotation this year and how Norby plays at Norfolk and convinces other teams that he can do, maybe they will be able to dangle him or someone else for a trade bait to improve the starting rotation at the trade deadline. 
because going back to John Means, what I don't want is to get down to the end of July and we start hearing Michael Elias give quotes like we would hear in the Buck Showalter, Dan Duquette era, where it turns out that so-and-so player coming back from injury is almost like adding a whatever at the trade deadline. I don't want to hear that about John Means, okay? If, so, you know, we, we have to hope that the Orioles can find a way to do it since, you know, their trade over this offseason to get Cole Irvin was kind of a bust so far. So if they're going to add at the trade deadline, I sure hope they can do better than that. And, you know, maybe Norby will be a, a part of that. I guess we'll see when we get down to that. So that's about all there is to say about the Orioles right now. Well, no, it's not, but I try and stop myself at around 20 to 25 minutes, so I'm, I'm just not going to keep rambling on. If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider subscribing on your favorite platform and leaving a rating or review. Or you know what? You can just tell a friend or family member about Good Morning Birdland. If you'd like to write in, as Eric did in this episode, you can email camdencastpod at gmail.com. I will try to read at least one every episode where I've got one to read. New episodes of this show come out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning, so I will see you here again on Monday. Between now and then, you can tweet me at Camden Chat on Twitter. Good Morning Birdland is a Camden Cast production on the Fans First Sports Network. Until next time, go O's.